church it was good to be back in the house of the lord amen i know um it's been hard for a lot of us during this time i think this is this must be the third time i've preached during lockdown right so we're going into like three months of lockdown <laughs> yeah i'm slowly getting better at preaching to an empty church but um no nah, i know it's such a long time for a lot of us and um I'm going to continue to keep everyone in prayer from church and you know I'm sure we'll be able to meet again here soon eventually believe it in the name of Jesus amen now I was inspired to write today's message um after scrolling through Instagram now I know it's not what you think not another covid case not another covid vaccine post um I actually saw this post from one of these influencers his name's Joseph Solomon maybe some people have heard of him um but the first time i preached here um uh, might have been around this time last year but um i bring a message and i talked about being lukewarm that was my first ever sermon right now while i was studying that topic um i was doing the research going through the word and i stumbled upon this video from this guy Joseph Solomon right and as I was watching he just explained things in such a way that was so easy to understand the point just came across um and he had this knowledge of the word that was just like amazing to me right he was able to take scriptures and had the right context and for me it was just like he was able to get that point across to me as a listener really well he was just a cool dude right so from there i had this respect for him as a Christian as a teacher of the word I could see that his teachings were sound and that he had a gift from God right the way he was able to connect to people but the reason I want to talk about this particular Instagram post was because in that post he announced that he was no longer a Christian he walked away from the faith right at first I was shocked you know someone like this who's built up a big following he had such a understanding of the word to me it just seemed like such a big loss for christianity right to lose someone like that and a lot of people who follow him could look at him as an example and think if he's leaving christianity what what am i doing is this what it's am i doing the right thing am i following the right path You know, I I remember seeing videos a little while back of an ex-pastor as well. Um just telling people the Bible isn't real and just trying to get people to walk away from the faith. Even heard of a famous lead singer that left the faith. And you know, some of these guys when they leave because they have such a big following, people are going to follow them and like lead they're leading by example. So people are just looking at what they're doing and they can be led astray as well right maybe you yourself you might know a pastor someone who you regarded and respected yet they still walked away from the faith as well i hear these things and i just think to myself how how can you walk away when god is so real right 
the last time I was up here, I was talking about all these archaeological findings that, that, that's been found, you know, like Noah's Ark, Sodom and Gomorrah, the Red Sea crossing, all of these things that were archaeologically confirmed. It's like in our face, you know, there's so much evidence of God and the Bible. We can see that he really moved on this earth. And in our own lives, we can see that he's still moving and miracles are happening. You know, on the other side, Satan is in our face as well, right? Some of these music lyrics and these videos, they come straight out of the pits of hell. And where do they end up? The number one spot on the pop charts, on the billboards. There's so many satanic agendas being pushed on us and our kids. All of these things that are becoming so normalized now, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, with all of this stuff, with all of this evidence that Satan is real, all of this evidence that God is real, how could anyone walk away? How can you walk away from God after knowing these things, after learning about these things, and still choosing that path, right? And this is what God revealed to me. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, or latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. It was like God was saying to me, didn't I tell you this would happen? Why are you surprised that people are walking away? The other version says, um, oh, a lot of other versions say that um, people turn to seducing spirits and deceitful doctrines. You see, the enemy will try to entice you with lust, money, fame, Anything to take you away from God. When Jesus was in the wilderness, the devil tried to offer him all of the nations, power. But Jesus remained strong, right? Now I want to go back to this Joseph situation for a second. Because as a Christian, he struggled with doubt. But this was something he was very open about, right? Now, as he was overcoming his struggle with doubt, it was inspiring a lot of young believers to overcome their struggle with doubt. But slowly, he started moving away from teaching the word and preaching. Not only was he a preacher, but he could sing as well, right? So he started singing worship songs and doing covers to worship songs. But then he shifted away from that. He began to sing secular music. And because of that, he started to become a lot more popular. His views started to go up. And he was open about how these type of songs were giving him more money. He was open about it. Um, now, before he used to be open about his struggles as a Christian with Christianity. But now he didn't really mention Christianity. Right? 
I believe his main focus began to switch. He was more concerned with the views and the money and the fame that he was getting. He started to get happiness from those things. Ultimately, it led to him leaving the faith. It's a real thing, right? But it's an area that every Christian struggles with in one way or another, right? And the enemy knows it too. That's why he's going to try to seduce you. To see just what it takes for you to jeopardize your faith. He will use anything to take your focus away from God, right? Whether that's wealth, fame, having all these things the world has to offer, being distracted with the busyness of the world, your job, your business. Take so much time off our, off our hands that we put it in place of God, right? But you see, a lot of people start to get a taste of these things. They begin to want more and more. They keep chasing after it. Even some of the strongest people in their faith, you know, the ones that we respect the most, they still fall in this area. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 26. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? When we place so much importance on this world, we can be seduced. And we can be de deceived into thinking that these things are actually good. With all these worldly achievements, the money, the, th the fame, the lustful lifestyles, at the end of the day, we gain nothing. But what we lose is the most valuable thing, our soul. If you look at um, James 4, verses 4, the Bible says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He's showing us how dangerous this really can be, right? That choosing the world is actually going against God. You're not sitting on the fence. And if we go back to Tim, 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, the second half of that verse, it talks about doctrines from demons, deceiving doctrines. Now as far as religion goes, there's thousands of different religions out there, right? But listen to this. I read that there are over 40,000 different denominations of Christianity. 40,000. You see, two people could both say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But they both have two totally different perspectives, understandings of Jesus, Bible, God. There's so much division in the church. So many... People have been led astray, right? But as a Christian, I believe that any religion or teaching out there that teaches anything other than Jesus Christ as the Son of God, anything other than directing us to follow Jesus' footsteps, 
I believe that's formulated by the devil, right? Because it's to put us on a path away from God. Devote yourself to this religion or this teaching. But that path doesn't lead to God or heaven. Now, I'm sure a lot of you would agree with that. And, you know, when someone gets caught up in a particular doctrine, it can be really difficult for them to get out of that. And there's a lot of healing that needs to take place from them being removed from that um, church or teaching. But, you know, we hear stories of people we know. Oh, did you hear about Susan's sister's daughter? She's um, started a new age church. Oh, it sort of seems like occultic stuff, right? But for some of us, it's actually a lot closer to home. Some of our direct loved ones and relatives are caught up in something. Or maybe they just completely walked away from the faith or just don't believe at all. And this is what the scripture is telling us. It says this is going to happen. And we look around and it's happening, right? Now I think 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3 explains this scripture. Helps us get a better understanding. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. You see, he's saying that a time's going to come when people will follow what they want to hear. And they'll turn away from the truth. They'll get teachers. They'll create doctrines. They'll justify their sin with a new teaching. You know, a lot of churches are pro-abortion. They encourage LGBT relationships. Some churches have occultic-style ministry, and they still label themselves as churches, right? I've seen examples of this, and that's exactly what this scripture is talking about. Even though the word warns us so many times that there's so much false teachings out there, we need to use our discernment. We need to flee from these things. People are still being led astray. If we look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. From reading this, it shows that it's our responsibility. The responsibility is on us, ourselves, as Christians. It's our responsibility to diligently test these spirits and discern the teachings that we hear. We have to see if what they're teaching, does that line up with God's word? Because at the end of the day, nobody can save you but yourself, right? I can't get you into heaven. 
Pastor John can't get up to God and be like, hey, God, I got a plus one with me. What do you reckon? Get him on the list? Get him in the book? You know, we can't repent for your sins. But I want you to look at this. Although it's our job to discern these false teachings, it's our responsibility to know right from wrong. The Bible says this in James 5, verse 19. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. You know, in this position, we're still able to help people, to get them back on the right path, right? If they're led astray. You know, I'm not saying they have no hope. Because even so, even though it does seem difficult for those who are wondering, for those who are lost, I believe there's still hope. For any of us who have been led astray, or anyone in your family that might not be on the right path, I believe that the Lord can restore them and bring them back. And he can use you as well to do that. Now, through looking at this one scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, God gives us that insight of the things that are going to come. The falling away of believers, the tribulations and the struggles that we're going to face as Christians, the things that we need to watch out and be prepared for. It's all here in his word. Now, if we look at Matthew chapter 24, we begin to get a better understanding of this teaching. In this chapter, Jesus' disciples, they're asking him about the end times, asking him of the end of age and what's going to happen, you know, as you would. And what Jesus says from verse 10 really stuck with me because I feel like he describes the world we're living in right now. It says, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Now, a lot of other translations say, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. I think in this sense, falling away and offend, um, being offended is pretty similar. And if we look at this world in its current state, this is exactly what we're seeing, right? People are always being offended by any little thing. Oh, that's offensive, right? I'm quite offended that you just said that. You know, you get someone's gender mixed up. You use the wrong pronouns. I'm not he, I'm they. And you, Oh, sorry. There's so much offense. And I don't think I've ever seen this much hate in people. Pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, people with different views fighting and wishing death upon each other. 
Oh, the worst place you'll find yourself is in the comments of a vaccine post. <laughs> Read the comments and you'll see humanity's lost the plot. <laughs> oh. It's a wild time, right? And, and we're witnessing it right now. But you know, it continues in verse 11. It says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And that's what we've been talking about, right? False prophets and teachers will lead you astray. And we need to go by what God says. A lot of famous preachers with mega churches are preaching a word that's not biblical. I'm not here to drop any names, but that's our job to use our discernment to test spirits. We need to see through these things, right? And that's, the, that's where the problem starts is when we follow the man instead of the word. If we follow the man instead of the word, we can end up on the wrong path. Like I said, we have a responsibility. In verse 12 it goes on. It says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. I'm sure a lot of you could agree that the world is cold. But you see, this is what's so amazing about our God. No matter how cruel the world turns, no matter how much hate takes over, if we're able to endure through these trials and tribulations, there's opportunity for us to be saved. But through these trials and tribulations, God carries us. Now, just as he's given us a blueprint of what to expect, he's also given us instructions on how to navigate during these times. He tells us this in Matthew 24, verse 42. Watch. Therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You know, a lot of preachers and theologians, when they speak about end times type stuff, a lot of them try and um, figure out like a timeline of what's going to happen. You know, there's different perspectives when the rapture is going to occur, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation. I'm not here to get into that discussion. But the point I'm trying to make is that so many believers are waiting for these signs to occur, right? Waiting for the mark of the beasts waiting for the Antichrist to rise, waiting for a series of natural disasters which is to occur. But the thing we need to be most anticipating is that Jesus could come any second. 
The second coming could happen any second, hey. It's just off the top. <laughs> Thanks. Just got a congrats from the pastor. It's pretty big. It's badge. But Jesus says this in verse 27, Matthew 24 still. In verse 27, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also the coming of the Son of Man shall be. It will happen like a flash. And we need to be living a prepared lifestyle, right? Jesus instructs us to be like servants waiting for their master. And if we look at the end of Matthew 24, he gives us a parable of how we should be. But he also tells us the consequences if we don't follow what he says. In verse 46, he says, Blessed is the servant that whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you, that he will make him ruler over all his goods. Blessed are those who are doing as we're instructed when the Lord returns. These servants are rewarded and lifted up for their faithfulness. In the next verse it says, But if that evil servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of. You see, a lot of us can get caught up like this servant, thinking the Lord's coming, uh, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. This servant forgot about his calling, just like we read in Timothy, right? He was seduced by the things of this world. He lived with the drunkards. He was living it up. Living a worldly lifestyle. He wasn't prepared for the day that the Lord returns, right? And then boom, the Lord comes when he's not looking. When he's not aware, like a thief in the night. Verse 51 says, And I will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The servant who lived the worldly lifestyle was evil. He was killed and cast out. He was lumped with all the hypocrites. You see, the, the price of living this lifestyle is expensive, right? I'm sure none of us want to end up like that. Have you ever heard your mom leave? She says, make sure you put the chicken out to thaw, right? So she leaves, you're like, yeah, no worries. So you go about your day, you know, watch a bit of TV, play a bit of PlayStation, you know, have a good old time. And then you hear a car pull up. <laughs> the first thing that enters your head is, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no matter how old you are, I'm sure you've been there, right? 
So she comes in, she sees that the chicken's not thawed out. <laughs> Mate. I don't know if you guys had it as bad as me. But let's just say, I didn't know a frozen chicken could be used as a weapon. <laughs> but yeah, I found out that day. <laughs> but you see, it's funny, right? But it's a perfect example. How easy it is to miss out. To not be prepared when the Lord returns. The Lord has given us instructions to follow and live by. And of course, no one's perfect, right? We all make mistakes, we all stumble. It's hard to live a perfect life all of the time. But you know, God's given us the gift of repentance. The Lord will show you when something's not right. When you've sinned, you'll feel convicted. And that's the Lord's love. To turn, to repent, to stay on the path. You know, because we can't be waiting until we hear that car pull up in the driveway. Waiting for all these other signs to happen. Oh, yep, that's that. That's the, that means end times is going to happen very soon. Oh, yep. That, that's the mark. Yep, that's, it's like, summed it up, the second coming could happen any second, right? And we need to be ready, waiting for that flash of light. You see, the, the devil loves telling you, oh, there's plenty of time. Telling you, oh, you'll eventually get around to it. Eventually you'll be set free from those things. You'll get yourself right before Jesus comes. That's how he deceives so many of us. That's how we get caught when we're not ready, when we're not aware. And I know for a lot of people it's been difficult to keep your faith strong. A lot of us are locked down in our homes with so much free time. But at the same time, I know it's been hard for a lot of us to just pick up a Bible, to pray and spend time with the Lord. With all this free time, it's like such a difficult task. I'll admit it myself, I've been finding difficulty I've still been able to work, but with this curfew and stuff, like we're pretty much trapped in our houses. And I think it has been hard, and I know I'm not alone in that. Um, so I was really blessed that I got to bring the word and I got to really dive into it. But yeah, I definitely encourage anyone just to jump into the word when you can. It's, it'll set you free from this world for sure. But yeah, so many other things have taken our time, taken our attention. You know, for so many of us, we're being seduced by this world. You know, Netflix, 
is a killer. Social media, don't even realize how long you've been scrolling and you don't even know what you're reading, it's just <laughs> silly rubbish. And um, you know, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you've been wrestling in your faith in this area. Maybe some of the things we've talked about today are evident in your life. You know, for a lot of us, there will, be, there will come a time when our faith is tested. But for some of us, that time is now. During this pandemic, this lockdown, some of us are really feeling it. Wondering where is God? You know, not being able to meet with one another and pray together. Not being able to come to church or to fellowship or to have life group together. For some of us, that's such a big part of our walk, right? And without it, it can be so difficult to just remain focused without people around you. Like I said, I was struggling with reading the word until I was pushed into preaching. I, I, was, I dived into it. You know, a lot of believers are in that position where when they're not being pushed to meet at church, to have life group, you know, to fellowship, it can be really difficult. And it's hard to remain focused. As a Christian, it says, we will be persecuted for his namesake. And at times it might feel like it would be easier just to throw it all away. But we know the Bible is real. We know it's been proven. We know God is real. And we know that he will set us free from the chains that this world tries to place on us. He will give us discernment to flee from demonic teachings, deceiving doctrines, and he will help us to live by the truth. But we have to come to him and allow him to do that. We have to seek him and be ready like that good and faithful servant. Continue doing his work. Because the world is deceiving, it's seducing, and it's trying to take you away from God. But God has better plans, amen? Now, church, I just want to close in prayer. Um, thank you all for Listening, <laughs> just gonna get a water. Okay, church, if you just wanna um, close your eyes, bow your heads in, in honor of the Lord. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you for your word, Lord, Father God, that instructs us, that shows us how to live, Lord, Heavenly Father. 
Lord, I just pray that for every person, for every eye watching and every ear that heard your word today, Lord Father, I just pray that you would continue to minister, minister to them, Lord. I pray that they would have discernment to hear your word, to test all spirits, Lord, just as your word says. Lord, I pray that any assignments of the enemy to seduce or deceive our fellow believers, Lord Father God, I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that those assignments would be cancelled, Lord. That we would turn to you, that we would follow you, Lord Father God. Lord, I just pray for this world. As your word says, the world turns cold, Lord. But I pray that the love within our hearts would continue to pour out. As you pour your love on us, Lord, I pray that we will continue to pour love on everyone we encounter, Lord. I thank you so much for your plans and your purpose in our lives, Lord, Heavenly Father. And I just pray that you'll continue to strengthen us, help us, comfort us during this tough time, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.